Hey everybody, welcome to Hebsey on Sports, episode number Jay Beagle of the Vancouver Canucks, Ted the Mad Stork Hendricks, Wes Welker, Alish Hemsky from the Hemsky Awards, and my favorite Buffalo Bills receiver of all time, number Andre Reed. What number? Oh yeah, I can just see him now. I'm your host, Mark Hepsher. On today's show, I may seem a little tired, but I would never admit to it. The Maple Leafs kept me up late last night, but so what? They don't play again until Saturday, and these games are all meaningless because they're playing Boston in the first round. They're all meaningless. And so the Raptors played a stinker on Tuesday against Houston. So what? They're going to New Orleans and then Miami and then to Cleveland. That's going to be a nice weekend. So Vladdy Guerrero is barely hitting his weight. 250. That's what he weighs, right? Eh, That's not so bad. By the way, would you rather have the potential career of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. or the potential career of Duke basketball sensation R.J. Barrett? They're both Canadian. Which one would you take to represent your national team? That's exciting, isn't it? Yes. Uh, So gearheads will not be able to watch any IndyCar races. Well, they will. They'll have to pay for them, though, because of a lousy TV deal. So what? Tennis fans have had that problem for years. We'll get to all the good stuff, including a heartfelt tribute and a great story about Ted Lindsay. I loved Ted Lindsay. I got along really well with Ted Lindsay. Interviewed him many times. A wonderful guy. But we're going to hear a story that very few people have ever heard before. It's an old story, but it's a good story. That'll be on Hockey Confidential, brought to you by Titan Blades. But first, and I know you're waiting for this, your trivia. Brought to you by Panzer's Original Deli on Bathurst, north of the 401. I'm going to go for a beef knish and gravy later today. Mm. Maybe a pastrami sandwich. Take it on the road with me. Who holds the Toronto Maple Leaf single season record for the most points by a GTA-born player? Okay, GTA-born. So, for example, I'm going to give you a good example. Matt Sundin, not born in the GTA. Okay? So think of all the top scorers for the Doug Gilmore, not born in the GTA. All right? I'll give you a little bit of latitude when it comes to the GTA, but not too much. Because you know what I'm talking about here. Uh, the answer, plus a list of players who scored a lot of points for the Maple Leafs in one season. Think about them later in the show. So this is a big day for me. Uh, first up, we're recording on a Thursday morning at 9 o'clock because I have a gig tonight at the Strathroy Museum. And I would, I mean, I could make it back for Friday morning around 9, but we've shuffled the schedule because I just wouldn't be in the same shape. And I'm not going to be paying attention to like sports on TV and stuff like that that's going on tonight. So I, I, it wouldn't be right for me to rush back and say, hi, it's Friday morning. Well, Hepsi, because of this change, all day yesterday, I thought it was Thursday. <laughs> like a long weekend, it right? It messed me up. Like a long time. weekend where Monday feels like Sunday, uh-huh. that kind of thing. All right. Anyway, I apologize in advance. Oh, no, I'm apologizing now. Screw it. But I'm doing an author speaking thingy uh, to m- promote my new book, The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of. And it just so happens that George Orton, the, uh, the hero uh, in the book, the unknown hero, uh, was born in Strathroy, Ontario. So the first big, I mean, we had the book launch last week. That's just for like friends and family, that kind of thing. Uh, but this is like, you know, this is like a book signing, like the, you know, on the road. Uh, but this isn't like going to the bookstore where they say, you know, chapters or indigo or whatever it is. They say, come on down and, you know, you'll sign books for people. You'll get two dollars a book and you'll, you know, and you'll get cramps in your hand from signing <laughs> the autographs. Uh, and they're out on the shelves. This way you go and you t- talk about your book and then you sell your own book. Like, you know, you sell the, like your own copy of the book, the ones that you paid for, and you got the, the author's 50% off. You know, you hock them in the, uh, in the lobby there. You know, come on, get your books. And so, then you tease them just enough in the, in the lecture, in the talk, the chit-chat, 
that they go and buy the book. And then they buy a copy for their uh, their, their mom, their dad, whatever. Their, Hopefully their it is. And, and you're and I'm I'm there to sign. I'll I'll sign the book. For of course I'll sign the book. Be happy to sign the book. It's worth those. Buy the book. I'll sign the book. Those Jerry Seinfeld hand cramps. Remember he was signing yeah. all those checks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all those royalty checks from uh, Japan. I think it was right. <laughs> right. The other thing I was thinking of is I have to develop a quick signature. Like a quick little thing with both hands, if, in case one hand starts to cramp up, you got to be. You have to be able to be ambidextrous. Right. The other one is what type of writing instrument am I using? Right. Right. Am I using a sharpie on a book? Am I using a ballpoint pen? What did Stephen King use when he goes for book signings? These are things that you, you need to know. So it's a big day for me, and uh, also I, I'm I'm going to be having dinner with the uh, the second most famous athlete from from Strathroy, Ontario. The second most. He was the most. He was the most. Well known and 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 the the greatest from Strathroy uh, until this guy I think was discovered who, and then you know, he bumped to second place. Who is this man? Well, this man would be the man who uh, supposedly has the puck that Paul Henderson scored the famous goal with in 1972. So the, so he scores the goal with like 36 34 seconds to go, right? Yeah. Then they they use the same puck, they drop the puck, the puck, and then as soon as the game is over, this guy scoops up the puck. He's got the puck. Wow. So I'm having dinner with him. Remind Tonight. the people listening, because you'd be surprised about the ignorance out there. Where, where's Strathroy? Strathroy is between London and Sarnia, just off the 402 highway. Okay, so near uh, Lake Huron there, uh, yeah, that yeah. way. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. yeah. Uh, about halfway. And the fellow okay. I'm having dinner with tonight is, of course, the famous Pat Stapleton. Oh, wow. Great defenseman with the Chicago Blackhawks for years, and then went to the WHA, the Chicago Cougars, played in the 72 series. Played in the 74 series, the great WHA series in 74 as well. One of the few guys to play in both of those. And a super nice guy. And he's from Strathroy. So, and his son, Mike, is a good friend of mine. And so I ran into Mike a while ago at, a, at an Anaheim Ducks game. He's a pro scout for the Ducks. And I said to him, I'm going up to Strathroy. He says, well, I'll give, you got to give uh, mom and dad a call when you're up there, okay? Because they used to watch Sportsline all the time. And anyway, so I gave, I gave him a call. Come on. Going to take you guys out for dinner. Show you Strathroy. Good stuff. Yeah, that'll be fun. So I'm, and I'm going to get to the bottom of that story. I want to see the puck. Okay, apparently you're gonna grab it and run. Well, no, no. Mike told me he says Mike gave me the story, so I'm just gonna find out when I'm as long as I'm there. I said, you know, I, I'd yeah. like to see the puck. I want to hear the story of that puck. Where the hell is that puck? I hope I'm it's gonna, in a safety deposit I'm box. Gonna, it's not. No, it's not. Okay, I can't give much more. Away. <laughs> uh, maybe on the next podcast, uh, I'm gonna get to the bottom of it. Okay. So Sportsnet's Dan Murphy. I don't know if you ever heard of this guy before. If you live in Vancouver, he does the Canucks games. He's the um, uh, should I say the Sean McKenzie of um, Vancouver Canucks hockey. So he does the local, the, the, the Canucks, generally he does, I guess, the Canucks regional games, the same way Sean McKenzie would do the, um, the Leafs regional games, but the Leafs national games are uh, Houston and, and uh, Simpson? Simpson, and then uh, and I guess it, they vary their sideline reporters, it depends who's around. And then for Hockey Night in Canada, it's always Kyle Bukakis, right? Pretty much. He's yeah, the, yeah. He's the one when they're doing the Saturday Hockey Night in Canada. He's usually the... He's got great hair. But anyway, Dan Murphy. And he's a nice guy. I met him a few times before. He's the Canucks uh, TV guy for Sportsnet. So what does he do? The Leafs are up 2-0 after two periods. And he's, this guy, this some bitch, asks Hainsey, Ron Hainsey, between periods... He says, well, you know, considering that you're a 32-0 record uh, leading after two periods, uh, well, how do you... Uh, how Protect lead. And Hazy looks at him and says, oh, yeah, thanks for pointing that out. And I mean, as soon as he said that, I went, this son of a bitch uh -huh. has just jinxed us. Now, <laughs> this is the Canucks are down 2 nothing. Mm -hmm. He's a Canucks reporter, right? I think I'll ask Ron Hazy, who scored a short-handed goal. A defenseman got her both of our goals. 
I think I'll ask Ron Hainsey this question. I'm going to tell you this right now. No way does Kyle Bukakis ask this question. If the Leafs are down 2 nothing of the Canuck, a Canuck player or a visiting player, no way does Sean McKenzie ask this question. No way does Mark Masters of TSN ask this question. Well, you make it sound like they ask you the don't, pitcher. You're pitching a no-hitter no, through eight. How right. do you feel going into the night? Do, you just no. don't do that. And Hainsey's reaction was, yeah, thanks for pointing that out. Luckily, he wanted to punch him in the head, <laughs> which I wanted to do as well. Because you know what happened after that. I mean, as soon as he said, oh, and then and, and, and Murphy, oh, I didn't want to jinx you. Yes, you did. You did. You wouldn't have mentioned it. You wouldn't. Oh, you're 32-0 and leading after two periods. Eh. Kiss of death. May I ask you the question on everybody's Pissed mind Pissed off right at now. this guy, Murphy. Mr. Hebsey, do yeah. you believe in jinxes? In this case, I do. <laughs> really? He put the idea in. You don't put the idea into the head, and <laughs> especially as a reporter. No, who asks these questions between periods? What do you expect <laughs> to do in the third period? Now, if Hainsey said, well, you know, we're very good after two periods, so, you know, we expect we're going to protect this, that's fine. But for the guy to point out the fact, and by the way, you're 32-0, so it should, you know, it should be oh, no problem. What the hell? This Dan Murphy's a very this powerful son of a bitch. man. Are you what kidding a powerful me? man. Unreal. So what happens is within a few minutes, Vancouver's tied the game, right? Because obviously Freddie Anderson heard what was going on. Everyone in the Leaf dressing room heard, oh, hey, by the way, guys, you're 32-0. and I guarantee you nobody in the Leaf dressing room said, hey, guys, we're 32-0 and after two periods. Let's keep it up. Hainsey came in and said, this son of a bitch just reminded me, jinxed the hell out of us. And you know that didn't happen, but that's the way I felt as soon as Vancouver came back and tied the game. And I thought, uh-oh, uh-oh. And then in overtime, a softy by, a, by another defenseman, Alex Edler? Alex Edler beats Anderson in overtime? Aye. But then I thought about it. I really thought about it. Was, it, was it Edler? I thought, I mean, I didn't see this. I thought it was uh, Levo. No? Josh Levo. I, I'm, see, this is the problem with these West Coast games. I'm lost. Like... It was, it was day, Edler? What day of the week is it? I don't know. Thursday. It's it's the, I thought it was Friday. But it seems like Friday, doesn't yeah. it? it, was, it I apologize. I haven't seen the end of any Leaf Well, I'm telling week. you. That's why okay. I'm telling you. I, I stayed up. I just heard up. it was Levo, but I stayed up. Okay. Alex Edler <laughs> on three on three in right. overtime. Alex Edler scored. A softie. So Levo got the tying goal. Yeah. But okay, good. But then I thought about it. I thought about this, and I said, hmm. Here's a team that's got 15 games left in schedule. They're all me. Are any of them against Boston? I think they're done with Boston, aren't they? So all these games, meaningless. Because the Leafs are playing Boston. We knew in October. We know now. We don't know who's going to be the home team. Doesn't matter. So they're only thinking of Boston. So all these games, every single one of them, are meaningless games. Huh. They are. I mean, are you telling me that if these Leafs were in a dogfight for a playoff position, they wouldn't have beaten Vancouver with one arm tied behind their back last night? Easily. But this is like Easily. last year, right? The same thing happened same last thing. year. Same thing. So the Leafs, so the NHL, I mean, they've had this stupid playoff format since 2014. They've got to change the format. Okay? I mean, for everyone knows Tampa's going to win the division, okay? Tampa going to play Montreal or Pittsburgh in the first round, it looks like. But you could have these goofy crossovers and... I mean, you know, there's, only, there's no rivalries anymore. I mean, Leafs-Boston is, is a rivalry made up out of, you know, neither one is going to win the division, so it's going to be 2-3. Now, I know the NHL is like, oh, the reason we did this is so there isn't a lot of travel. See, if you're playing within your own division for the first two rounds, not a lot of travel involved, and that's good. And there's rivalries, okay? They're, I think that's more the reason, the rivalries. It is the reason. Boston-Toronto is a rivalry, and Washington-Pittsburgh are rivalries. The only problem is these are first-round or second-round rivalries. Yeah. Right? Unless the rivalry carries on through the, from the regular season through, and, and it has, I mean, but the Leafs aren't playing Boston anymore. Not for 15 more games. So these games are freaking meaningless games. Meaningless. How, um, do you, how are you feeling now about that first round matchup? Uh, you were, I mean, 
there's there's obvious concerns that the Boston will bowl us over. Of course there is. And Boston's had all kinds of injury problems, too. What if they're all healthy for the playoffs? Anyway, I, I, so, I mean, I can flip my brain off for 15 games. It doesn't matter what happens. As long as the Leafs finish second or third, and they're gonna, which they are, hopefully, and they're going to play Boston, and that's all we know, and I'm not thinking of any other team. I got dreams of my shand in my head, and Krejci, and uh, oh my God, and what's his name? Pasternak. Right. And Tori Krug, and... And, oh, yeah, you know, and Tuka Rask. That's all. And, and Charlie McAvoy. I mean, and again, they're all injured at some point or another. They're the most injury-prone team in the league, Boston. But still, they're Boston. Um, so anyway, 15 games. So 15 more meaningless games. 15 more games that mean nothing until we play Boston in, in April. Uh, and guess who's coming to town next Monday? Tampa Bay. Eek. Oh, my God. Now, that's a meaningless game. Because even if the Leafs beat Tampa Bay, oh, guess what? We beat Tampa Bay again. It really doesn't mean that much. You're Although not... I would like Game 7 against the Bruins to be at yeah. the if, SBA. If it goes that far. That's, let's not get too far ahead. I know. The I know. series could be over in five games. We don't know. Um, by the way, did you see all the hats for Tyler Ennis' hat trick in Calgary? Now, I don't know what the official number was. I tried to find out. I uh-huh. got in touch with some people in Calgary. I don't know. But it was north of 100 hats thrown on the ice for a visitor's hat trick. I'm t- Folks... You've seen hockey games. I've seen a lot of games. You tell me. Tell me the last time you saw that many hats thrown for a visiting player's hat trick. That's got to be a record. Hmm. And it was the ugliest hat trick I ever saw. <laughs> it was one beautiful goal and two yucky goals. Horrible goals. That uh, Who's the Calgary goalie? I don't even know his name. The guy who played goal. It's awful. <laughs> you just gave up Tyler Ennis's hat trick. Not only that, they delayed the game in your barn, in the Saddle Dome. While all these Leaf fans threw their hats on the ice. There's a couple of Blue Jay hats out there, too. All these fans, okay, in your barn. Could you imagine that happening in Toronto? No. Seriously, could you imagine the Habs come to town, <laughs> right, or the Sabres come to town, Eichel gets a hat trick, or whoever from Montreal gets a hat trick, and you're telling me that those fans are going to rain down 100 caps at, at the SBA? No way. So I just thought that was cool, and I, and I was hoping last night somebody would get a hat trick to see if all the Leaf fans in Vancouver would do the same thing. I just thought that was really cool. Cool. Uh, Morgan Riley is out of the running for the Lady Bing Trophy. He took a penalty yesterday, two minutes for closing his hand on the puck. The goon. And he now has 10 minutes in penalties. 10 pims. Now, he could still win the Lady Bing with 10 pims as a defenseman. Considering the no- and he had another point last night too. He's got sixty some odd points, um, but I, I just 10, 10 penalty minutes. That's double digits, man. Not good. He's a goon. Yeah, he's a goon. Um, boy, the Raptors really stunk the joint out, didn't they? The other night against Houston, they came back. Yep. They they were right in that. They looked like they were going to blow them out in the fourth quarter, and then ugh. the good news is the Raptors might end up getting the Brooklyn Nets in the first round instead of the Detroit Pistons. As of today, they would play the Nets, and Indiana would play the Pistons. I'd rather see that. And let's face it, even with Milwaukee hitting a little slump, they've lost two in a row. The Raptors still two and a half back and in no hurry to overtake them, it seems. Doesn't seem to you, Mike? Like, no big hurry. Like, if they really the, wanted the, to overtake Milwaukee, right. they'd play Kawhi more. No. Seems There's not a, a sense of urgency there. No. It's similar to the Leafs Very situation. similar. And that's my problem is, is that I want some games that are meaningful right. down the stretch. And I'm not getting them with either team because of the... Well, the playoff situation of the NHL is one. And the other one is that the Raptors are just beautifully slotted to finish second. Right, they're kind of looking behind them, going, we're looking ahead of them, saying, oh, we want to kill ourselves to beat Milwaukee. I've gone through this enough times before. And, you know, with the exception of Fred Van Vliet, this team is healthy. And as long as the starters are playing at close to 100% in the playoffs, everything are going to be fine. But consider this, Mike, yep. the reserves. Remember when we thought that this, the, the, the second five, the second unit of the Raptors was as good as some NBA teams? 
Do you remember that? Yeah, the bench mob. Remember we had JV, we had DeLon Wright, we had uh, Norm Powell, we had Fred Van Vliet, and we had OG. Well, guess what? JV's gone, DeLon is gone, Fred Van Vliet's injured, OG is a pretty good player, he's only 21, Norm Powell, not bad, okay? But now we've added uh, Jeremy Lin, and uh, Patrick McCaw, and and Serge Ibaka, I guess, would be, or or Marcus All, depending on who doesn't start, would be part of that second unit. And they were horrible yesterday, awful yesterday. And Lin has been especially bad. Agreed. I'm looking at him, I say, yeah, they got to cut this guy. I don't care. You got to cut him. Or he's got to be doing something else, because he can't score. He's got to be doing something else. He's not a good defender. So maybe, you know, the Casal move, I think, was great. Maybe the Lynn move. And I might be getting ahead of myself here because he's still getting, you know, accustomed to the offense and all that. But, man, if you can't shoot, you can't shoot. We did need some warm bodies. like, uh, And I will say that uh, that gentleman, and I quite like him, but he's been living off this... Uh, Linsanity? Linsanity. I know, for years. Which was like 07 or something? No, no, no when was it? No, when was that? No, it wasn't 07. Okay, 11, 2011? No, I'm going to say it was 2014. <laughs> You sure? 20, no, I think you're way 2012, off. 2012. Okay. 2012. Maybe. 20, okay. 2011, 2012. Your memory's better. 2011. <laughs> now, that went against that went against the Raptors where he nailed it from yeah, the Yeah, yeah, that was uh, the 2011. Okay. I think that's 2011 or 2012. Still, that's uh, do do I, math. That's eight years ago. That's right. Lynn Sanity is dead <laughs> and uh, Jeremy Lynn not a factor anymore. Raptors are in New Orleans Friday, Miami Sunday. That's a good trip. New Orleans, then Miami, and then Cleveland Monday, right? So that's, uh, that means that, uh, as far as I'm concerned, Kawhi sits out for sure the Monday game in Cleveland. Probably won't need him because Cleveland's a bad team. And it doesn't matter what happens really in Miami or, Cle- or New Orleans. It's like same kind of a thing. Like hopefully they win, but if they don't, no big deal. No reason to panic. My question, Mike, is this, should the Cavs reduce their ticket prices if they know Kawhi won't be playing? <laughs> should I say, look, come on, come into a Cavaliers game, five bucks. No Kawhi, but five bucks. They might have to. Know. You know, one of these, uh, um, do, I guess every team does that, eh? Special ticketing depending on who the opposition is. I mean, the Jays do it. You know, Yankees or Red Sox. Yeah, they call them premium pretty, or something? Premium or? tickets, yeah. a, a, a plus, a, yeah. you know, A minus, whatever, however you designate uh, the games. Because I know that, I mean, I got tickets to a game, a Jays game. They're playing Oakland. And the tickets are way less. These are good seats. Way less. And it's probably a weekday, right? I know It they, is. Yeah. Way less than it would be if it was Yankees, Boston, or any, like, like cheap. Like, well, it's like, oh, nobody wants to see Oakland. Let's, you know, yeah. 40 bucks a ticket. Right. Fabulous. But so, that makes sense. I mean, a, yeah. a Saturday game against the Yankees, people will pay a lot more than a Tuesday night game against uh, the A's. Absolutely. Um, but listen, if you're going to see the opposition, I see your point, but if you're going to see the Jays, what's the difference if they're playing? You want to see the, you want to see Vladdy if he's with the team. Whose career would you rather have? R.J. Barrett, the freshman sensation from Duke, who may, well, who will, now that Zion Williamson's hurt, I think end up going number one overall in the NBA draft, or Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who's the number one prospect in all of baseball. Think about this. Yeah. They're both Canadian-born. Young. Young. Talented. Athletic. Engaging. They're both engaging young men. They're used to the spotlight because their fathers are famous. Rowan Barrett, who's RJ's dad, is now the new general manager of Canada's men's basketball team. His dad. Vladimir Guerrero Sr. happens to be a Hall of Famer who's the father of Vladimir Guerrero. Come on. <laughs> I don't... I don't think there's any debate here that the generational uh, <laughs> players, second generational players. But there's much much more of a gamble with Barrett. Like at this How point, so? in that that I would I would argue like the 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 professionals, the analysts like yourself would see you're, it's a much better bet to bet on Vladdy right Are now. Are you out of your mind? Yes. Are you seriously out of your mind? Like he's not LeBron James. Oh, Barrett, whoa, 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 whoa! Nobody's yeah. LeBron James. But hang right. on a second. Okay. But but what's Vladdy? 
Vladdy has been has been killing it in minor league ball. But Vladdy, whoa, 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 whoa! He's been killing it in minor league ball. Mm -hmm. All right, he's not a defender yet. He's a one-dimensional player. It seems he doesn't have great speed or any speed, but he can hit the ball with power. R.J. Barrett is a complete basketball player, and he's a freshman at Duke, and everybody knows that he's going to go to the NBA after his freshman season, as so many before him have and have flourished. This guy is not Anthony Bennett. This guy is Alan uh, is um, uh, Andrew Wiggins, and maybe then some. Well, if he's Andrew Wiggins, then I think Vladdy has the bigger uh, upside. No, no, and I then, thought you were no, going to say Chris Webber at first. I was no, like, and oh. then some. R.J. Barrett has got a complete game. He can shoot the three, can yeah. go inside. Uh, incredibly talented and, 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 and is the number one basketball player in the country amongst college players. Yes, neither guy has played a game in the major leagues. I got it. But boy, it's not. I don't think it's so easy for you to say, no, it's Vladdy, because this R.J. Barrett is a player. So let's have this argument now. He had 28 the other night in Duke's narrow victory over Wake Forest. He is going to be the centerpiece of whatever team drafts him, number one overall. And now my question, and March Madness starts soon. So. Yes. And it doesn't matter what happens with Duke. If they go all the way, great. If they don't go all the way, that's fine too. He he is going to be a, a, a pretty complete basketball player at the end of the season as a team player, as a distributor, as a shooter, as a rebounder, as an offensive force, as a guy who can take it to the 10. He's got personality. He's got an upside that's unbelievable. He's like a five-tool player in baseball. Uh, and he his career, when all is said and done, may be better than Vladdy Guerrero Jr.'s. It's going to be fun to watch is all I'm saying. I'm rooting hard for this kid. I love, I love the local boys. So. Okay. Now, uh, would you trade um, Pascal Siakam to the team that has the number one pick in the draft for the rights to get R.J. Barrett? Yes. <laughs> but wouldn't you? I'm only. I'm, hey, listen. Oh, you have to answer this your is own what, question. This is what sports fans do, right? Sports fans come up with scenarios. We come up with trade scenarios. We come up with it. Would you love to have this guy? What would you give up for this guy? Right. This is what we do. Well, the the ceiling for Barrett is higher than the ceiling for Siakam. Oh, Siakam is such an improved player. Boy, has oh, yeah. he got length. I don't know. Can Siakam get better? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I, I but think, you just told I me. Think I, I, would, I think I would, I would make the deal. I would make the deal because I got some depth on my team. I wouldn't make the deal if I, I wouldn't make the deal if I knew that Kawhi was going after this year and that the Raptors had a chance. But having said that, but you can build a franchise mind, around Barrett. I know. Having okay. said that, I wouldn't mind having RJ Barrett as a twenty and twenty-one year old for a nineteen, twenty and twenty-one year old on my growing, developing young team. The team that gets wouldn't the number one pick would never make that. No, trade. never. Not Why? a million. What, what makes you say that? Why? Let's say Cleveland gets the number one pick again. Yeah. And now, wait a second. Yeah. Cleveland had already drafted as number one overall. Think about this. Okay. Who? Anthony Bennett. Right. Uh, Wiggins, who they traded in the deal for Kevin Love. Why wouldn't they want R.J. Barrett? And then why wouldn't they want, okay, but we're in rebuilding. No, Pascal Siakam. I think you've lost it. I think no, I no GM. Any, the GM who makes that trade is going to be a run out of town. Are you, tell, are you telling for, me, uh, are you telling me there is absolutely no... <laughs> You could not make a trade for that guy. You're telling me that John Ryan, you're telling me that whoever, if Cleveland gets in, the guy says, nope, not even going to entertain. Don't even bother with your offer. It's like Vladdy. Would the Jays trade Vladdy? You're sure they would. For sure they would. Which leads me to my next story Nick Dyka. You know this name? No. He plays bass for a band called Arkells. Oh, I know Arkells. Yeah. Right. So Nick Dyka is the bass player, but he's also a baseball geek of the highest degree. 
on the same level as Getty Lee and myself, except Nick tweets out these uh, pretty interesting stuff. Scenarios. Getty doesn't. He doesn't tweet stuff like that. But I'd like to know. I'd like to get in the head of Getty Lee and find out what would he do if somebody came along with an offer for Vladdy Guerrero Jr., right? Um, Anyway, so Nick and his buddies, and I follow Nick on, on Twitter. I don't follow Nick on Twitter because I'm a fan of Arkells necessarily. And I don't follow them because I want to know what their next, you know, what songs they're going to play on their next concert or whatever. Uh, but I follow him because he's a baseball geek, and I like that. And what he does is he, with his friends, he comes up with actual value for players. So, for example, he was thinking, "Geez, what's Flatty worth?" I do this too. I know all the baseball geeks do. If someone came along and offered to trade for Vladdy, what would I expect in return? Or would I just say, "Nope, not going to trade him"? What would I do? So this is from uh, at Nick Dyka. He writes, Jays fans, born out of my silly conversations, silly-ass conversations with some good Cincinnati boys, would you trade Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for Nick Senzel, Taylor Trammell, and Amir Garrett? Would you make the deal? Now, of course, unless you're a Cincinnati Reds fan, you don't know who these three guys are, so I'll fill you in. Yes. That Nick Senzel is a uh, top top one or two pick. He was a first-round pick, second overall a few years ago. He's a third baseman. They're trying to turn him into an outfielder. Uh, he's got some injury issues, though. He's got those kind of nagging, like Devin Travis, but he's 23 years old. But he's got unbelievable upside. Not quite what Vladdy is, but unbelievable. Then you got Taylor Trammell, who's an outfielder, who's a pretty good prospect, about a top five. And then Amir Garrett's a left-handed pitcher. So initially, I said, you know, I might make this deal. I might make this deal. I'm looking at Vladdy. I'm going, I sure want to see him play for the Jays, of course. Right? You know, we've, we've seen all. We, we want to see him in a Jays uniform. But then I think of, you know, and I hate to say it, I think of guys like Brett Laurie. Who like was I love this guy great and then you know realized that he was injury prone and and maybe not the player that we thought he'd be and maybe the hype was too the hype for this guy Vladdy Jr. is it, but huge. it's nothing like the Larry hype. But can huge! I just say the wise man once said the winner of the trade is the team that gets the best player in the trade, right? Uh, and which means but do we Vladdy know? But do we far. know? But do yeah. we know? We know he's the best hitter, but do we know that he's the best player? He's not played a day in the majors. Do we know this for sure? I've been told he's tell hit 70 the, home runs. Tell me the other, tell me the last <laughs> person in whatever sport it was that had this behind it. Was it Bryce Harper? Was it Mike Trout? Yep. No. Sorry, Mike Trout was a is a five-tool player. I meant uh, when Vladdy Guerrero Jr. reaches the status of Mike Trout, then you can say I was right, Hebsy, and you were wrong. But that's a long way to go. That's a long and even if he does hit 70 homers. Right, that's a long way to go, long way to go. And I'm rooting for Vladdy as much as anyone. And he's got the look; he's got the DNA, and he's he's unstoppable so far in the minors. But let's just back it up a bit. By the way, mm-hmm. uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. said he lost 20 pounds as a when the Jays signed him as a 16 year old. They said you got to lose some weight, and he said he dropped 20. He dropped 20 pounds, so it shouldn't be a problem if he drops 20 pounds. My worry is this: if he's hitting his weight and he's weighing 250. I'm not, I don't, 250, I'm okay with your first year as a major league player. I'm fine with that. Mike Schmidt hit 196 his first year. And he's a Hall of Famer. But if he drops 20 pounds and he drops down to 230, does that mean his, his batting average goes down to 230? <laughs> Would you rather have him a little chunkier and hitting for a higher average or a little leaner and hitting for a lower average? Chunky and higher average, All right, please. I would too. I'll go for the 250 to 250 batting <laughs> average. All right, and by the way, there is no other story in the Blue Jays camp this year. So do us all a favor. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. All you reporters, stop trying to tell. Oh, yes, and here's what they look like here. And here's a- We're not interested. 
We're only interested in Vladdy. And until Vladdy comes and plays for this team and he's a member of the Blue Jays, only then can we look at the other players, the rest of the team, the pitching <laughs> staff, the bullpen. Couldn't name you. I don't know. Not interested. It's Vladdy all the time. It's a 24-hour Vladdy channel. That's all there is to it. Unless Hebsey gets Vladdy traded. <laughs> is, this the mo- is, he, is this the most galvanizing player that uh, this team or any team has ever had? Is he as galvanizing as Kawhi? The question surrounding Kawhi versus the question surrounding Guerrero. The only difference is we can hardly wait to see this guy play. And we control where he plays. It's a, we control it's it. It's very different. That's right. Like I've said before, give me two good teams or two good individuals playing against each other, and you've got my interest. I don't care what the sport is. In soccer, Champions League, best of the European players, teams. Best players, best teams. Let's go. All the big ones. Barcelona, Real Madrid, Manchester United. Schalke from Germany. Yeah. Okay. Roma. Juventus. Okay. Oh, yeah. So here's what happens. It's beautiful. In Champions League. This week has been so wild. Manchester United was down two goals to Paris Saint-Germain. In Paris. Roared back in the second leg in stunning fashion to tie the match. And ended up eliminating the French squad. 3-3 was the final on aggregate. But since they scored two away goals, Manchester United, they win the leg and move on to the quarterfinals. That's the tiebreaker rule in these situations. If you're tied on goals, whoever has more away goals wins on the tiebreaker. So Man U comes back and wins at Paris Saint-Germain. Amazing. And then Porto, from Portugal, trailing at home to Roma, Scores three times, including the winner, in the 117th minute, Mike. 117 minutes on a penalty kick by defender Alex Tellez to win the leg. Amazing. Sounds amazing to me. The day before, my team, Tottenham Hotspur, eliminated Borussia Dortmund 4-0 on aggregate while handing the German squad their first loss at home all season. Team had not been beaten at home all year long. Tottenham Hotspur, bingo. So much for that streak. And the biggest loss of them all, the biggest stunner of them all, Real Madrid at home, up 2-1 to Ajax of Amsterdam, gave up four away goals to the Dutch squad and lost 5-3 on aggregate. Thrilling! Fantastic! Fabulous soccer. Great matches. Four more matches next week to see who else gets into the quarterfinals. You got Juventus hosting Atletico Madrid, Man City hosting Schalke, and then the following day, uh, next Wednesday, Barcelona at home to Lyon, and Bayern Munich hosting Liverpool. Folks, this is great soccer. And by the way, next year, all the soccer will be seen on DAZN. No TSN, no Sportsnet, no deal to be had. It's DAZN, D-A-Z-N. Did you subscribe? Oh, yeah. How much is it? Ten bucks a month or something like that. Totally worth it. Fantastic. Yeah, if you're a soccer fan, it sounds not, like Not just slow. soccer. they got NFL, all the NFL games on there. they got uh, great international sports. really is. It's terrific. Um... But the complaining has begun, similar to soccer fans, and I don't blame them. You know, hey, we're used to watching it for free, or not for free, but we're used to watching it on basic cable on TSN or on Sportsnet. Now, no, not even on Sportsnet World or whatever. Sportsnet World or Sportsnet Plus is the only place you can get IndyCar racing this year in Canada because they announced IndyCar and their TV deal is just the worst deal. And gearheads are complaining nonstop, the same way soccer fans are that they're not going to be able to watch the IndyCar series unless they pay for Sportsnet World or Sportsnet Plus, whatever the hell that is. Welcome to the life of a tennis fan in Canada, you gearheads. <laughs> Listen, some of the matches are shown, some aren't. The difference here is there is no tennis channel, channel available 
uh, for an extra cost. You guys, at least, you have to pay more. You can get your Sportsnet World and get all your IndyCar races. But tennis fans can't. So when Felix o- Oje Alisim is playing or Danny Shapovalov is playing or someone else is playing um, Bianca Andreescu in, a, in an early round in Yechopitzville, Madrid, whatever, you can't get it in Canada anywhere. You can't stream it, nothing. We can't get the tennis channel. So stop complaining, you gearheads. Pay your extra 20 bucks a month and watch her. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you wish you had a place you could subscribe for 10 bucks a month or whatever yeah. would give you all of your tennis. Exactly. The beauty of tennis, too, is that I'm a, if, ten, if it's 10.30 in the morning and it's a Tuesday, I can watch tennis. I can watch Federer's first-round match in uh, France or wherever. I can do this because that's what happens with tennis. During the week, there's opening round matches. And if they're playing in Europe or in Asia, they're on during the day. Right. So I can watch them. I will say, as a guy who just needs to watch the majors, I like the current setup. I tune in, the majors are on TV. There you I go. know, I know. But I mean, <laughs> again, if you're a fan, if you're, look, what's, the, what's a gearhead? What's, a rackethead? What do we call a, a real tennis fan? <laughs> a a rackethead. I want to watch Federer. I want to watch, um, you know, Jeannie Bouchard. What, it doesn't matter who it is. I want to watch a good match, and there's lots of good tennis. I should be able to. I should be able to have a channel I can go to. And if it's not available on one of the 95. Sportsnet or TSN channels or Plus or the streaming service or TSN Go, whatever the hell, and then and I can't subscribe to the tennis channel because they won't allow it in here. That would make uh, your buddy Jay Gold happy too. Me he too. loves his tennis. Yeah, lots of you know. Look, with all the channels they have, why not have a dedicated one to James Hinchcliffe <laughs> or whoever and whoever is driving uh, Canadians that are driving? And it doesn't even have to be that. I, I mean, I don't necessarily have to root for a Canadian. I just want to see a good race or a good match. So I get it. Make it available to them. Come on. I, I get the golf channel. Why can't I get the tennis channel? Okay, rant's over there. That's it for that. Uh, our trivia question is brought to you by Pantser's Original Deli. Try the George Chevalo sandwich. Sandwich. Try the beef knishes. All the food is great. Uh, give Lauren a call at 416-636-1230 or go to pantsersoriginaldeli.com. So the question is this. Who holds the Maple Leaf single season record for most points in a season by a GTA-born player mike now you by saying gta you've given us a clue it's not going to be you would have said toronto born player if it was a toronto guy so my guess wait 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 wait. toronto born means you were born in a hospital in toronto right right gta born means you were born in a hospital that's like mississauga or brampton or you know but i'm gonna guess i'm gonna guess gary lehman you are correct, Is sir. Right? Oh. You are absolutely correct. I'm legit proud of myself. Gary son. Lehman had nine. Gary Lehman had more points in a season than Matt Sundin. Yeah, good old days. <laughs> Gary <laughs> Lehman is correct. Very good. Excellent. Excellent. Of course, Gary Lehman in uh, had 95 points in the 89-90 season. Now, of course, the record, all-time record, single season scoring is Doug, Doug Gilmore. Gilmore. 127 points in 1992-93. Right. Next would be. And, and Doug was born in Kingston. Next would be... That's a great question. He, whose record did he Siddler? break? Of course. Yeah. He broke... Of, of course. I know. I said Siddler. 117 <laughs> points. In 1978, he had 117.77.78. 77, that was the Roger Nielsen coached team. Uh, and then Doug Gilmore had 111 in 1993-94. So back-to-back seasons for Gilmore, 127 and 111. And I guess guys like uh, Vincent Damfus and these guys, they, did they ever break 100? Uh, yeah, no, 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 they didn't break 100. 94 okay. for Damfus also, okay. same as uh, Matt Sundin. So then you had Sittler, who originally set the record. He was the first Leaf to have 100 points, and he had exactly 100 in 1975-76. That was the Red Kelly coached team. Uh, he had 100 points. 
And Dave Andrichuk had 99 points in 1993-94. Same year Gilmore had 111. They were line mates. Right. And Sittler had 97 points in 1979-80. Huh? And Wilf Paymont, number 99, had 97 points in the 80-81 season. Well, I did not know that. He had one more point than his teammate, Daryl Sittler, who had 96 points. So Sittler had 96, 97, 100, and 117 point seasons. Pretty darn good. All right? Uh, and then you went to Gary Lehman, who had 95. Now, the Lehman thing is interesting because um, Mitch Marner is now number two on that all-time list. And if Mitch Marner scores 13 more points in the 15 games remaining, he will overtake Gary Screamer Lehman already as the highest-scoring GTA-born <laughs> player. Mitch was born in... Mitch was born in GTA born Thornhill. Mark Ham. So I, I'm, geez, you know what? Markham is is the municipality that Thornhill is in, part of Thornhill anyway. I don't think. So. Okay, oh, well, it's uh, all like a York region, or well, that, but not, it's definitely GTA. Just a second, Mike. Yeah. I'm going to try to explain this. Okay, because Thornhill is its own city. Just a second, Mike. Okay. If you're west of Young Street, all right, yeah. west of Young Street, mm -hmm. you're in Vaughan. Yeah, if, if you're, you're north east, of Seven, if right, if you're east of Young Street, you're in Markham. By Vaughn, you mean Richmond Hill? By Vaughn, I mean the municipality of Vaughn. Because Richmond Hill is uh, just a second. Richmond Hill Markham. is split by Young Street. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, I'm here? listening. I'm if listening. you're on the east side of Young, you're in yeah. Markham. You're in Richmond okay. Hill, Markham. Yeah. If you're on the west side of Young, you're in Richmond Hill, Vaughn. You got that? The municipality is not. The municipality is split by Young Street. Right. Got it. Got it. So he was born in Markham, which means he was born east. Of Young Street. Yes. So it could have been Markham Stouffville Hospital, but it couldn't be York Regional Hospital because that's near Bathurst. That would be Vaughn. So no, under a place Thornhill. of... Uh, well, <laughs> Thornhill is part of Vaughn. Okay, that I did But Thornhill know. is also part of Markham because Thornhill stretches across Young Street. And you're sure about all this? Nope. Okay. I, I trust there. you. I trust you. I used to live there. Okay. okay. There's Vaughn. Well, where do you think Vaughn is? Vaughn is where the city above Toronto. And where, do the, where does it extend to? What are its boundaries? I, uh, Wait, you're the same guy who thinks that <laughs> okay. Toronto City Hall, the old city hall, is on the, uh, is on the west side of <laughs> yeah. Bay. Get out of here. I, I don't, even want, don't even want to talk. Don't even want to talk about it. Don't even, forget it. Don't <laughs> anyway, uh, Mitch Marner surpassed John Anderson for second place on the Leafs uh, all time. John uh, Anderson, Toronto born. John Anderson. Good burgers. Don't, don't know what hospital it was. So John Anderson was second <laughs> behind Lehman, and now Marner's 13 points away from becoming the um, highest outputted single season Maple Leaf who was born in the GTA. Wow. Whew. Anyway, the question brought to you by, I've forgotten all this by now, uh, brought to you by Panzer's uh, Original Deli. Time now for Minor Hockey Confidential. Actually, I think we might just rename the segment to Hockey Confidential. It's brought to you by Titan Blades. Did you know that a good skate sharpener can change your blades so you can make sharper turns and accelerate faster? You got to have the new blades, though. And for a limited time, Titan Blades will give you a whopping 20% off your order if you use the promo code HEBSY20, H-E-B-S-Y 20, 2-0, upon checkout. The incredibly popular black mirror finish blades that go for $149.99 are 20% off, as are the regular stainless steel blades that retail for $99.99. You can get Titan Blades at the MasterCard Center on Kipling, right around the corner from here. That's where the Leafs train. You can get them at the Vaughn Iceplex on Jane Street. Or better yet, if you want the 20% off, go to TitanBlades.com. Use the promo code HEBSY20. That way yours truly gets to uh, gets a little bit of the sale. I get to wet my beak. And you get 20% off the retail price. And it lets Titan Blades know that sponsoring HEBSY on sports works. Correct. So do that, okay? Do yourself a favor. And by the way, these blades, you get 8 to 10 hours 
uh, on, on these blades before you have to get them sharpened. But they got to be sharpened by like really good professionals. Don't take it to crappy tire and get <sighs> them sharpened. You know, don't. Don't do that because you won't be making sharp returns and you're just going to grind those blades down. And you can always send your blades uh, back to Titan Blades and they'll sharpen it. They're professional skate sharpeners. They'll sharpen the blades, send them back to you. So that's Titan Blades. And uh, they are the, uh, the host of Hockey Confidential. So this week we lost a great man. Ted Lindsay died at the age of 93. Uh, Ted Lindsay was a pioneer. Ted Lindsay started the Players Association. Ted Lindsay was the reason they wrote the book Net Worth because he dared to take on the Jack Adamses of the world and the owners and the Con Smythe and all those guys. Tried to organize the NHL Player Association and got banished to Chicago. Okay, retired, took four years off and then came back at the age of 39 and played for the uh, Detroit Red Wings after missing four, cons- four full seasons of the NHL and played his final season with the Detroit Red Wings, the team that had banished him. By then, Jack Adams was dead. So here's what happened. The Ted Lindsay story that very few, I didn't hear anyone talk about this story, Mike, not at all. The Detroit Red Wings won the Stanley Cup four times between 1950 and 1955. Between 1950 and 1956, the Wings and the Toronto Maple Leafs met in the Stanley Cup semifinals five times. You think this Leaf-Boston rivalry is about five times in the semifinals in the first round, and Detroit won every single time. But in 1956, things got so ugly that the normally mild-mannered Toronto fans actually wanted Gordie Howe and Ted Lindsay dead after Detroit won the first two games of the series at home. So I asked Ted Lindsay, this was years ago, what happened? The first two games were in Detroit, and uh, Todd Sloan got hurt. But it wasn't Gordy or I that hurt him. It was Larry Hillman that hit him, and he hit him cleanly, but he got hurt. And the big headlines in the Toronto paper were that Howe and Lindsay threatened if they show up at Maple Leaf Gardens to be shot. And we're in the dressing room getting dressed, and we had a young fellow by the name of Marcel Bonin that came to us that year, and he came from Quebec, and Marcel couldn't speak a word of English when he first came with us. And so Gordy said to him, he says, Marcel, he says, uh, you put on, uh, this, we used to go out for the warm-up, so Gordy said, Marcel, would you put on my sweater? And he goes, oh no, Gordy, he says, I know what you're trying to do. And so everybody, everybody's laughing. So we're getting ready to go out on the ice, and all the guys are saying, now, don't skate too close to us in, in the warm-up, because the guy's liable to be a bad shot. And, you know, you, you, you're playing light, but today you wouldn't play it that lightly. So anyway, we play the game. We're behind the goal in the second period. I'm lucky enough to get the tying goal in the third period. And we go into sudden death overtime. And then I'm lucky enough to get the winning goal in sudden death overtime. And, of course, these 16,000 people, maybe minus 500 Red Wing fans, are booing, you know. And, of course, after the guys are giving you the congratulations and pounding in, and I hear all this booing, you know, and I guess they're, we're ham actors, we're, we're actors at heart. And so I just took my stick and took it like a machine gun and just one standing in center ice, and I just went around the ice. And all of a sudden, all these boos stopped, and the people recognized, hey, the only ways I could say it was they recognized, hey, this guy, Lindsay, he's got a sense of humor, you know? So they, they gave me a little clap. And <laughs> and, but that's what it was. It was uh, I took my gun uh, or my stick and used it as a gun. It was one of those spontaneous most moments of life. There you go. Ted, the late Ted Lindsay. And can you imagine nowadays, first of all, a death threat, okay? And they're laughing it off. Hey, don't skate too close to me. What if he's not a good shot? 
I love the story of they tried to get Marcel Bonin to wear Gordy Howe's jersey number nine in the warm-up. <laughs> so in case the sniper was there, Howe or Lindsay wouldn't get shot, it would be Bonin. I, mean, yeah, I like how he was sharp was, enough to know what Gordy was trying to do. That's yeah, that was good. great. But anyway, just the idea that he would turn his stick around and, and pretend it was a you know a machine gun and, and sh- pretend to shoot the oh. crowd. The other thing is, just imagine uh, Maple Leaf Gardens or any Toronto crowd booing that lustily. I can't. I mean, they're complaining about Islander fans a while ago, and listen to the way they treated so and so. I mean, some serious like booing. That was, you know. Yeah, we just, wish we had that kind yeah, of passion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- tell me, when's you know, when's last time you had a Leaf game that you heard like lusty booing, like you know, like like the kind you hear in Philadelphia? Or like if Vince Carter came to a Leaf game, maybe. Yeah, yeah. even that. A couple years. You know ago. what? There's booing, and then there's the <laughs> real aggressive booing where you think someone might could shoot you. They're booing. They're so angry. You know, there's the, there's the kind of the booing like yeah, boo, and then there's the real angry booing like you son, we want to kill you. Anyway, hopefully on this show it's the mild kind of like boo, <laughs> Abzi, all right, Abzi, enough already, enough already. That's it for Hockey Confidential. Brought to you by Titan Blades. Get up to 40 hours of ice time on a set of Titan Black Mirror finished blades between sharpenings. Use the promo code Hebsy20 to get 20% off your order. Go to TitanBlades.com. T Y D A N Blades.com. To wrap for episode 83 of Hebsey on Sports, thanks to Toronto Mike, as always, for production and inspiration. Please tell all your friends to subscribe to this podcast and write a nice review on Apple, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast. It'll really help. Also, my book, The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of, is out now. If you go to HebseyOnSports.com, the website, there's a button to click. It'll take you right to the book. You can order it right there. Remember, every little bit helps. And I know you're going to enjoy the story of my failed documentary, which became a book. On the life of George Washington Orton of Strathroy, Ontario, I'm going there tonight. Going to talk to the folks in Strathroy. If you read the book and you like the book, write a review. Five stars would be nice. I'll take four. <laughs> if it's less than that, maybe you shouldn't write a review. Thanks for allowing us into your headspace. Back with another episode very shortly. Until then, so long for now. <laughs>